Hey everybody, welcome to the Leader Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Gabe, and I'm really excited today because I'm here with my co-host, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, hey, how's it going? It's going good, man. And uh, I'm really excited about today's episode. We have a special guest with us, uh, our friend Julio Adelo, and uh, he's going to be bringing a lot to the show today. So Ryan, I'm going to let you introduce Julio, and uh, we'll, we'll kick this thing off, man. Awesome, awesome. Let's jump right in. So my friend right here, Julio, man, how long have we known each other, bro? It's been, I think it was, I was thinking back, I think it was sixth grade for when we met. Do you remember what year you came came to San Diego? Yeah, I think I was in seventh grade going to eighth grade. So yeah, long time yeah. ago. Man, me, Julio, and his brother, Oscar, we, we've been inseparable since. And um, we going back to the elementary days, middle school, high school playing ball and uh, going to the same church, Brother Buxton's church there in San Diego. And uh, man, good times there. Good times, uh, good times. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So as uh, Ryan already stated, um, I grew up at Brother Buxton's church in, in Chula Vista, California, down in the San Diego area, best city on the West Coast, best city in the nation (laughs) uh, for all the haters out there. Shameless plug. Uh, I like it. I like it. <laughs> had to, had to. Uh, but yeah, uh, I am uh, the youth pastor currently at the Anchor Church. I've been here at the Anchor Church for seven, going on eight years now. So I'm the youth pastor here. Oh, time uh, I'm flying. Oh, my word. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Um, 28 years old. I am, uh, you know, part owner with my, with my father. It's a family business of, uh, of a family company we do hvac uh, hvac heating ventilation air conditioning refrigeration uh you know so we stay super busy god's good god's been blessing us he's been uh blessing the business and uh, it's been growing and uh, it's been doing what really well i've got my degree from san diego state university here i got my degree All right. in, uh, got my degree in public administration city planning uh and uh you know i may may go into that one day but uh, as of now you know, what I do right now is kind of more profitable, more lucrative than, than using that degree. So maybe one day I'll fall back on that, but, hey, but that's, that's me, man. In a, in a nutshell. It was awesome it's to have so, you on, man. It, it, hey, thank it you for having me. Appreciate it, man. It's a true pleasure to be on here with you guys. God bless you. So tell me a little bit about um, like what you, what you can do with that degree that you have. So like if you were to, to step away from optimal mayor or just divert your, your energy and, and time elsewhere, like, so, what all can you do with that? Because I don't really know what that is. Right, right. So my my degree is city plan. So it's it's public administration, which is basically uh, like governance and what the government does uh, for municipalities and the cities and localities. Uh, what the government is able to do, what they able the government's able to provide goods and services. You know all these things. And then so city planning is a more specific part of governance, and it basically plans. Uh, everything from water, sewer, uh, transportation, I mean, all kinds of things that go into city planning. I mean, street repair, mm-hmm. uh, streets themselves. Kind of like I mean, zoning and all that kind of good Zoning, stuff. all that stuff. Man. I mean, super boring stuff, but it's super interesting. Uh, it's you know, actually, if you have a... Yeah. It's actually a pretty, uh, or it can be a lucrative career, man, because I've seen some city planner jobs. I mean, depending on the city and their budget, bro, but those guys make six figures, man. Yeah, San oh, Diego yeah. is an up and coming city. So, I mean, just 
it'll get there it'll catch up to like the ie and redlands if everybody if if they'll discover those beaches and everything (laughs) so uh i wanted to just jump in here julio because another uh fact i know about you is that you co-authored a book tell us a little bit about that yeah, definitely. So the author, his name, the, the mastermind behind the book, his name is Brother Eugene Dominguez. He is a, he is an, uh, he's a missionary to South America. Uh, I mean, a powerful man of God. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's from Southern California area, so he visits my church a lot. So we got in contact naturally. And, uh, you know, after, you know, the last couple of years of just the back and forth, the, the normal back and forth of, of prayer and, you know, talking on the phone. He asked me uh, because he knows of my, uh, you know, theological background. I did a couple of years of, of Bible college or whatever. Uh, nice. And uh, so he asked me to to write a chapter on the word of God. So this book he, he has written, uh, he's got a couple of different chapters, these major chapters. He's, he's writing mm-hmm. on the word of God, holiness, prayer, you know, some essential doctrines. And he's asked different men in the organization to uh, t- to write a chapter. And so he asked me to write the chapter on the word of God. And so it was a super cool privilege to, to write that chapter. And, uh, it's, it's actually coming out. I think he just sent me, uh, you know, you know, the, the, the book cover. And I think it, it's just about to come out. It's coming out in Spanish for all of South America. And then I think they're translating into English here in the next couple months or so. So we're going to see awesome. the, the new edition. Yeah. So it, a super blessing to, to be a part of that. So hey, having the, the leadership huddle needs a, needs a, um, a special copy set aside, bro. Come on. Yeah, now. <laughs> there you go. On that on that note, I was going to ask you, um, is if that was your first uh, authoring or co-authoring experience? If it was, uh, you know, any plans for for books in the future? Or, you know, did how did that experience? How'd you feel about that? Because you sound pretty you sound pretty excited and pumped up about it. No, dude. I mean, um, yeah, it, that was my first experience. Um, I mean, and and I've never even thought of myself as as first of all, I'm not, I'm not a great writer. Um, I've, I had a lot of buddies and friends that helped me, uh, you know, edit. And, and I mean, they're just, they put all my ideas on paper and, and I put them on paper and they just put it all together. So, That's awesome. you know, I got, I got, I had a great team, but, um, as far as writing, man, uh, you know, if I was to, to, to become a better writer and I, I think I can, you know, I think I heard somebody say that, you know, the difference between, you know, great men, and, and, you know, establishment are great men write stuff down mm. and, 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 and when they die, they want their words are forever, you know, in print because they wrote it down. They simply took the time to write it down versus, you know, other, other men who are also great. They just never put it on paper, you know? So you're the, exactly. I love it. I love it. Write it down. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Ryan's pulling out. I got mine from the notes from Woo! Bible study tonight. Come on now. I'm in the presence of some great men right now. <laughs> hey, striving, striving, bro. That's right. Come hey, on dude. now, write it down, write it down, put it on paper. That is so true, man. And I, and I, I was, as you're saying that, I'm like, dude, I don't know how many times, even like uh, in church, you know, listening to someone preach or, or in meditation, prayer, study, like how many times I'll have a really good thought, you know, and in the past, and I never, I was like, okay, I'm going to remember that. And like fast forward, I'm like, what was I thinking, dude? I can't remember. So 
Um, I actually heard a similar uh, quote that you said uh, from John Maxwell, and he basically talks about how he, at, I mean, he writes everything down, and he's one of the world's uh, most predominant leadership uh, gurus who has, I think, more more New York's uh, best time-selling authors than any other uh, person in his arena. So that's that's great advice, man. I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, um, a good friend of mine, um, Pastor Copeland in Georgia, he um, he writes down, he just takes a notepad everywhere. And uh, he was he was telling me, he was like, bro, he said, how many times have you heard something like really good in a sermon? And uh, and and you think like, oh, that's so good. Like, I, I can't forget that. And then just a few hours later, you're like, bro, what was that? It was good. You know, it's not a knock that it wasn't good, but you can't remember it for the life of you. Mm-hmm. You're just so busy. Right. So I was like, man, you know what? Like, I got to get that. And and I'm, I'm not. I don't take it everywhere, but I, I got to have that at least for my for bishops and pastor mm-hmm. notes because yeah, nuggets on the on the daily. But hey, Julio, tell me tell me a little bit about uh, your leadership. Um, what all you do for Optimum Air? So I know that it's a it's you, your brother Oscar and your dad and uh jesse's involved a little bit as well last i i remember um so tell me a little bit about what you do because i've worked with you a couple times and um the the show definitely runs through you and oscar like you guys (laughs) oh wait you're you're a former employee well, you know, on the side before, you know, I've, I've been known to get up in some attics. Whoa, whoa. This just changed the dynamics of this podcast. I'm just yeah, yeah. He was yeah, my supervisor. Man. So, like, you and Oscar do everything. So, kind of, like, break down, like, what, what, what you do exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah. So, um, so we, yeah. So, it's me, my brother, my dad. We got uh, a couple cousins that work. And then mm-hmm. we got a young guy from my church that works. And then my older brother, he runs the books. He does the accounting. Uh, but, um, yeah, man, I mean, if, I guess, you know, it, it, for a term that, that everybody would know, maybe like a foreman or supervisor or something like that, you know, I buy equipment, uh, I run equipment, install equipment. I mean, when it's such a small, uh, deal, when it's such a small gig, such a small company, I mean, you have to learn to do everything. Obviously, you know, the grunts, people that are barely learning, they're not buying equipment, they're not making bids and stuff, but. You know, once you once you're you're in it for a little while, you got to learn how to how to price bid. You got to learn how to price bids and be profitable. You got to learn how to how to be, you know, how, how to install. You got to learn how to troubleshoot. You got to do learn how to do all these things. Uh, you got to be good with people, man. You got to be good with people. Uh, if, if, if you're not good with people, then, you know, you, you're probably not going to do too well. You could probably, you know, be at the bottom of the totem pole, you know, not talking to anybody and just kind of doing your own thing. But um, if you want to be profitable, if you want to kind of go up the ladder, you have to be good with people. You got to you got to yeah. be able to 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 take criticism because, you know, of every shape and form and uh, just just deal with it and, and put your head down and work. And and mm-hmm. so that's that's a little bit of what I do. Um, you know, I do a lot of side hustle, man. My, obviously, same same trade. But, uh, you know, especially in the summer, man, I mean, I put my head down and I and I and I work hard. And, uh, you know, there's some days, man, it's just, you guys probably know all about this kind of stuff. You know, you, you get, you know, only a couple hours of sleep because you're, you know, it's, it's, it's a 15 hour day, easy, you know, 16 hour day. It's, that's, that's, that's not something that's, that's rare. So, you know, that's, that's just part of, part of the job. And, you know, Ryan, you probably, you know, <laughs> probably, you know, being in, in the trade, you're in electricity. I mean, 
you're right up that alley, man. So you know all about that. Definitely, definitely. Hey, yeah. real quick, let, let me, one thing I wanted to pull out, man, that you said, and it was kind of like a, a hidden nugget that you dropped right there. It wasn't like in the front, but it was there. I'm ready but, to write um, it down. Ready to write it down. Here, get your pens ready. Yeah. <laughs> no, you said you said something, man. You said, um, you know, that you have to be good with people, and you said, or you could just be at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, keep your head down. I really do. So this is a podcast about leadership. We focus on leadership. And I love how that translates across any industry, any organization. If you're going to be a leader, you have to learn how to be good with people. And uh, when you said that, man, I I love that because I've, you know, we've seen people from every industry on this podcast. I've talked to pastors, bishops, uh, other business owners, people in security industry, people in education, and it doesn't matter who they are, all of them, if they're good leaders, which they have been wonderful leaders, they're great people, people, um, people, they're great with people. So I just wanted to pick up on that nugget you dropped there. And, and I'm going to write that in my book while Ryan takes it away here. Yeah, no, that's definitely a common denominator of not only great leaders, just I think successful people, like just successful yeah. people in general, just tend to be people's people, people, you know, they can they can strike up a conversation on an airplane or, you know, standing in line at subway and um, really help make that connection with them. And you may not know them, but you can make that person feel that you care, you know, and that's definitely right. an attribute that I think a great leader needs to have, you know, no, no ifs, ands and buts about that one. That's like yeah. leadership one-on-one, you know, yeah. not offending your people. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh- there's there's something powerful to be said about the Apostle Paul and leadership in that when he when he was writing, he said, you know, to the Romans, I became a Roman uh, to the Jews. I was a Jew. Uh, you know, he said, you know, I, I, I can live in poverty. I can live in. And, and you know, he, when he was in Mars Hill, he was with the, the greats of the greats. I mean, Paul was so flexible. He wasn't in this in this little place on his own thing where he was, you know, with the Mars Hill people and they were super uh, intellectual and he couldn't. You couldn't mess around with the poor folks down in, in Corinth that were murderers and, and adulterers and fornicators. I mean, Paul knew how to relate to people of every spectrum, rich, poor, slave, yeah. free. I mean, the man, Paul, uh, you know, with, with the Holy Ghost working through him, Paul was such, uh, I mean, a powerful leader. And, it, and, it all be, and, and a lot of it was because he was just so flexible. He could, he could just, he could be, when, when he was rich, he was content. When he was abounding, he was content. When he was when he was down in the valley, he was content. I mean, Paul was so powerful because he was so flexible. You That's know, good. So, it's a powerful trait to have flexibility. Be flexible. Yes, sir. That kind of ties Flexi- in with, with one of our previous episodes that we did about flexible leadership mm-hmm. and, yeah. and what exactly that that has. So might have to circle back on that one on another time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But um, okay, so we, we've kind of covered uh, what all you do for Optimum Air. Tell us what all you do for your church. And uh, I'm sure time doesn't permit to, to tell us everything because I know you're <laughs> everywhere. But kind of just uh, give us give us the basics there, what all you do. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm currently the youth pastor here at the Anchor Church of San Diego. Uh, on a Sunday morning, uh, we could see anywhere from, you know, 50 to 70 kids. 
in our Sunday school classes from, from wow. high school is, is, is my purview is what I'm kind of looking at from, you know, upper middle school to, to, to that college arena there. And uh, so that's, that's my arena right now. Uh, young people. I do, you know, I do everything from, from singing and I'm a terrible singer to, to preaching. You know, you, you got, if you, if you're, if you're called to preach and you have to preach and uh, the Lord called me to preach, I'm a youth pastor. You got to preach to your flock, your, your young people. So, uh, you know, that, uh, I, I help around at the church, whatever the men need. If, if, if something needs to be fixed, I try my best to, to fix it. I know Ryan, he's in charge of, of facilities and, and the grounds there at his church. So he knows, you know, that's right up his alley, but you know, anything basically, uh, that, 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 that needs to be done. And that's within my, my scope of work, man, I'll do it. I teach Bible studies. I, um, you know, we should all be teaching Bible studies very, very truly. Um, you know, I teach Bible studies, um, you know, help with, help with Sunday school. I'm a Sunday school teacher. Um, so on a Sunday, man, I mean, depending on what Sunday it is, we, we can be doing all types of things, man. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working with young people, man, and I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it here a little bit. Um, it comes with its challenges. It comes with its challenges. Young people is it's, it is, it's the lifeblood. It truly is. It truly is. Young people are the lifeblood of the church. If the church has a dead youth group, if the church has a, a weak youth group, then most likely, not not all times, but most likely the church is going to be dead. It's going to be weak. But if it has a lively youth group, if it has a, a youth group that's on fire and that's constantly moving in the right direction, moving forward, uh, reaching you know, for that mark, then there, you, you're, most likely it's going to correlate to the church being on fire, the, the church reaching, the church moving, the church you know, being lively. So that's kind of where I'm at at my church. That's what I do on a, on a normal basis. Anything from picking up kids to, to planning right now, I'm planning a huge youth uh, event going on in Visalia. I mean, that's just a handful in itself trying to get 30 to 40 kids you're, up you're to part a different of the hyphen, city. hyphen leadership as well for, for all of SoCal or is that all of California? That's all of S- Southern California. So right. that's from Las Vegas to Southern California. I mean, I'm under a, a great leadership here at my church. Sister Victoria Reyes is the district, uh, you know, leader. So I'm under her and uh, I just do whatever I'm told at, at, at that point. And uh, we got a great team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with Hyphen. That's that's our college and career uh, age. So I work with them as well. And uh, I'm blessed to do so. Bro, I don't understand how you do everything you do. Like I am involved as I can be. But man, you literally do it all. It's incredible. Yeah, so that's awesome. Who you know everything that you're doing in your your church there, and um, you know I think it's I think it's great. You know that you have a lot of the experience that you do, and um, as I mentioned, you know uh, pretty much every all three of us on this podcast um, having um, experienced what it is to have that level of responsibility in a church. I think all three of us are under thirty or pretty close to it. And uh, I know for myself uh, coming up, cause I'm sure you didn't just start doing this, you know, yesterday you've been building your way into the roles that you're in um, that there has been some challenges, you know, that, that we, we face as leaders uh, of a younger age, especially uh, in this, in this season that we're in, I say we as in, just the world that we're in um, and our age range, you know, that late 20, early 30 mark, uh, because we're not really um, the elders in the church, but we're also not the young people in the church. And we have 
we're kind of the bridge between two very distinct, very different generations. And so I just want to ask you, um, you know, how, how has being a young leader in the church or, or even in, in your, your uh, professional career, what, what has been some of the challenges with that, with your age and, and being in uh, a position of responsibility? Yeah, good question. So, um, and I think, you know, as a, as a young person, as a younger guy, and I'm talking maybe out of high school, so that maybe that, that range right there, right out of high school, uh, you know, older, older people, and, and they're not always wrong. I, I think they're justified in thinking of it sometimes for sure. Uh, but, you know, we, we get the stigma and, you know, sometimes it's a true stigma. So let's be fair here. Sometimes it's a true stigma. We are underdeveloped. We are mm. uh, sometimes underprepared. Uh, we are, you know, we, we don't have the experience uh, that comes with, you know, just having life, being what, in whatever lane that you're in. You don't sure. have the experience. So there is a there's a stigma that comes with that. Uh, but to. Uh, and and it's, it may sound simple, but to reverse that stigma and to get past that stigma, if you're underdeveloped, you have to develop yourself. I mean, it's, it's, it's very it's very simple, but it's very true. If you're under experience, you have to gain experience. You got to put your your foot to the plow. You got to put your hand to the plow. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you are if you're inconsistent, man, I mean, older people look at young people and 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 I see young people today and I'm just like, man, be consistent. Consistency is so, so instrumental in, in leadership. If you're not Absolutely. consistent, man, if, if you're not consistent, if people can't say uh, he's, he's not consistent, he's not faithful, he's not always there. I mean, man, that's, that, that really is a tarnished record for, you know, for somebody to say that he's not consistent. Consistency is absolutely key. It's one of the biggest keys in ministry. It's one of the biggest keys in leadership, being consistent. Uh, you know, so you, if you're not consistent, be consistent. If you're yeah. not, Oh, I agree hundred yeah. percent on that. Yeah. With like, talk about running work and like being foreman and, and everything. Like you'll never be given that responsibility, no matter how talented of a worker you are or how talented you are in your area of ministry. If, if they can't count on you to show up or they can't count on you to be consistent like that, that level of excellence every single day, day in and day out, then you, if you're not reliable, you're, you're only reliable whenever you're there. We, we can't promote that or we can't, um, we can't, we can't use all of it. So that that was really good. Definitely. I think uh, part of that speaking to young people and, and um, for several years, my wife and I were youth pastors in our church and had a lot of experience dealing with young people, having been a young person as my, as well. And a lot of times um, I think part of the problem or the, the the issue that younger people have that are coming up is that um, they rely on the talent and, and, you know, Oh, I'm, I, the reason why I don't show up is because I know when I do, I'm going to be there. You know, they, they, they're talented. They have a gifting in a certain area. And so they rely on that and don't realize how important it is. Like you said uh, to develop that character that comes with that and that humility and that responsibility. And I love what you said, man, is that, um, you know, just simplifying that. How do you face those challenges? Recognize that there's areas of our lives that need to develop and then develop them. And, 
I, I see that as a challenge in this culture that we're dealing with today where, um, you know, prop, you know, big propaganda, uh, educational system. I mean, right now I'm working on my master's degree and, and, uh, I've been, you know, in higher education, you know, for the last few years. And I, I see the agendas and stuff that are being pushed. And that's one of the biggest things I see out there, man, is you are who you are and you're good enough to be who you are and who you want to be. And you don't need anybody else. And, and, um, that plays into, to this generation that's coming up and, and ultimately their, not just their spirituality, but even their sense of work ethic, even within ministry and within the church. So I, I think you're spot on there. Yeah. You, and we, and, and not only, not only you, you raise a good point. It's not only ministry. It's not only, uh, you know, the kingdom of God, we are seeing, we are seeing this on a large scale. Uh, it's, it's almost like the United States is, is undergone like this huge, massive experiment. We are seeing, uh, we are seeing the offspring of what happens when you reward a huge amount of people with, and, and I don't want to be, you know, this is not to, to be hurtful or anything, but when you give out, uh, such, you know, such, uh, for, for lack of better word, you know, when you give out such, such big checks and stuff to people that, that are maybe not working and they get all these benefits, you mm -hmm. are, you're basically making it profitable to not work and, and still, and still have something. And we are seeing, I mean, I rolled by McDonald's the other day and, and it said starting pay $15 because they cannot hire people, bro. It, it, it's, it's insane. It, you know, people, people have lost, uh, and maybe it's just me being an old man, but people we're, we're losing as a society, we're losing the, the, the lost, we're, we're losing the art of just working hard and it's, it's a lost art. And, and, and people that learn how to work hard, learn how to fail and keep just trying and working hard and fail and keep trying and working hard. There's something to be said about those people. Absolutely. There's something truly to be said about those people. That's crazy. You brought a McDonald's because I was going to say that I drove by a McDonald's down here. And there's a big old sign on their window. It says starting $17 an hour That's for a McDonald's, man. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me, dude. And, and I have... I won't say friends, but acquaintances or people that I know of that uh, are not wanting to go back to work after this whole pandemic and everything simply because uh, it's more uh, profitable for them to stay home. And that's crazy. But um, real quick before I let Ryan take us further, you said something um, and it just prompted this thought in me because you said this goes beyond ministry and it goes into our work ethic. And uh, a principle that I learned a long time ago is that I cannot be an effective minister if I have a horrible work ethic in my nine to five job. Hmm. And um, why the reason why I say that is because a lot of times we think, oh, well, the scope of my ministry is, you know, like you said, this, all the stuff that we're doing, which that's part of it. Right. You know, sure. teaching, preaching, serving, helping on Saturdays, cleaning the church, all those things. And that's a huge aspect of ministry but if we really break down ministry and the purpose of it ministry is is servanthood right serving but it's not just serving the, my church but it's actually how much of an effective witness i am outside of work and i've seen bro people's um witnesses be tarnished and destroyed 
because not because they're like a bad person, but simply because they're a horrible worker. Mm-hmm. Like sure. I like like they'd I, they'd be embarrassed to invite their boss to their church. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm serious, man. So yeah, that's true, man. It's true. It, these this is what I love about the stuff we're talking about is it's cross dimensional. It's it goes and it fits both arenas. So that's good stuff, man. So, hey, question for you, Julio. If there was a young man at my church or Gabe's church or your church, whenever you go out and um, and he were to come up to you and ask, um, what would it take? You know, what 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 advice would you give to a possible young leader um, on leading people that are older than him? So, like, we're all like like you said, Brother Gabe, we're we're all under 30. Um, But what does it take for a young leader to to lead an older generation? What would you say to that? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. And um, I would say this. I would say, um, well, first of all, it just popped in my head. I don't know who said it. It may have been Sun Tzu. But I, I know for sure it's a Chinese proverb. But there's, there's an old Chinese proverb that says, uh, you know, if you think yourself to be a leader, look behind you. Are people following you? If not, you're not a leader. You're just taking a walk. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so uh, leadership beyond titles and beyond, uh, you know, name tags on your door or whatever, uh, a cozy office, but what leadership beyond that is your influence. Who, you know, who are you influencing? So that said, to answer your question, as a young guy, young lady, if you want to influence or lead people that are maybe uh, not in your arena, maybe a little older, a little bit more seasoned, you have got to first, you got to love them. Uh, I don't care if this is if we're talking church, I don't care if we're talking you got to know and they've got to know that, uh, you know, you have their best interest at heart. Uh, you know, for example, uh, we know when 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 people when, if this is just me, uh, but when people are trying to sell me something, I'm totally I'm totally fine with that. Uh, I'm totally fine with people trying to sell me things. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but when I feel like they are trying to sell me something and they don't necessarily care about me at all and all they want. Is, is to sell me something that it will totally turn me off rather if they trying to sell me something and, and they go in, not, not necessarily going for the bottom line and they try to connect on some, some personal level, man, you'll, you'll, you'll get me with that. It's the same thing with, with leadership, same thing with ministry. If you can connect with people to where they know, and maybe in a, in, in, in a church setting, you care about their soul in, in a secular setting, man, you care about their well being. Uh, man, you will you will be able to have influence on those people. I don't care how old they are. I don't care if they're they're an old preacher uh, or an older older pastor. You will have influence on people when they know uh, that you care about them genuinely. I'm not talking about a fake, uh, you know, you know, a very shallow, artificial. When when somebody knows that you genuinely yeah. care for them, people they tell, will follow bro. you. You, you, can, you tell. can definitely tell when you can tell. When, regardless of their position, if it's way higher than yours or even just a step above yours. And people are asking, you know, questions, how was your weekend? What did you guys do on the 4th of July? And yeah. they take that just little bit of time and, and make that extra effort. You just get the vibe, man. They, they care, you know, we may, not, we, we may not be best friends, but they care. They care enough to ask and, and spend that extra 30 to 60 seconds with me. I'm so glad you guys read my book. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seeds. dude. 
Yeah. Hey, man, look, it's crazy you said that. And I love this, dude. I love hearing what you're saying because um, it's it. And and just so the uh, podcast listeners or viewers know, you know, this is also my first time really interacting with Julio. So I don't have the sixth grade background or anything like that. But it just goes to show me, bro, uh, your wisdom in leadership, because I actually wrote about this in my book. And just real quick, you know, I'm not going to tell you the whole chapter, but I experienced this. Um, you know, I got appointed at a, at a young age, 22 years old, uh, to basically senior level leadership within the church. And I had some people, bro, that I had responsibility for that had been in church longer than I've been in life. And man, I thought, you know, as a 22 year old young buck, you know, just coming in there like, ah, let's go, let's get this thing moving, bro. I thought these people would just, you know, I, me, I was raised in a military home. My dad was a Marine. So I just thought these people were going to fall in line and obey, you know, and, and was I in for a rude awakening. And uh, I ran into my pastor's office. I'm like, you know, after probably six months of beating my head against the wall, trying to figure out why no one liked me. Um, and he said, you know what your, your, your biggest problem is, Gabe, is you have no relationship with them. He's like, they, they're not going to, they're not going to want to follow follow your leadership they're not going to care about your influence until uh you build some relationship with them and um he says when they feel like everything because i'm like i'm trying to help them i'm you know i mean as a leader i was like trying to come up with all this stuff he's like get to know them start taking some of them out to eat and let's see you know over time how how they change their response and he was right and um you know when i changed my focus from trying to run my agenda and my program to, Hey, like you said, I'm cared about, I care about your soul. I care about your family. What's going on in your kids' lives. What's going on when I became relatable. Uh, I, I got influence. So I, I, man, you, you just hit it, hit, hit the nail right on the head, bro. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of pigtailing off Ryan. People know, man, people know, kids know, kids know when, when, when you care about them or you're just, another adult in their life kids know absolutely you know? those kids got no filter they know they right away. And, and they'll call they they'll know. call you out yeah. they'll, they'll call you out you know they'll they'll know if you're just another adult you know trying to correct them and rebuke them and and just trying to pass them down the lawn the line of the of, of the of the system or or do you really care and and people know people know just like you and i know and and we know you absolutely. know so julio we talked about um, you know, being a young leader sometimes has its disadvantages, just trying to, to build that um, confidence in, in, in the, like you said, the more seasoned crowd. Um, what areas has your age helped you as a leader? Because I know it, it's got to give you at least a little bit of uh, credit with the younger generation at times. But um, sure. tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, being younger, it, it does help, especially uh, maybe not in the, in, obviously in the church, it, it does, but, uh, on a secular side, when, when you're at, you know, on the job, uh, out on the field, whatever, when, when you're at your job, being young helps because we, we live in a culture and you guys know this because you, you live in the same culture. I do. We live in a culture where we are very much, we're no longer necessarily driven by facts. We're no longer necessarily driven by, 
uh, the maths and the sciences and and all these things, which are very empirical, we're very much we're we're very much like a, a very feely culture. If that makes any sense, we're all about you know um, you know what's what's the vibe, what's what's the feel to this. And so, mm-hmm. as young people, we understand this. We understand yeah, that people are driven by 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 the feel. Uh, young people, uh, you know, and I'm talking about not necessarily kids, but young people, young business people, uh, people our age. We're not necessarily driven by, um, you know, the X's and O's. Rather, we are driven by, uh, you know, uh, you know, how, how does it how does it feel? What's what's the vibe? How can I connect to this person? Uh, so as a, as a younger person, uh, you know, maybe having maybe doing business with, with somebody that's older, uh, you know, knowing how to connect and knowing how to uh, to, to be more than just. You know, we're going to get this job done and it's going to take, yes, you got to have all those things. You got to be punctual. You got to have your, your, your T's crossed and your I's dotted. I totally understand that. But if you can connect, if you, if there can be a connection somehow and you got to be very, uh, you know, be diverse, be creative. But if you can connect, if you can, if you can somehow connect with whoever you're talking to or doing business with or ministering to in the church, you can make a connection, uh, then, then your youth will have served its purpose. You know, um, I want to say this, uh, uh, maybe not necessarily answering the question, but I I just thought of it right now. I think it's something Gabe said earlier, but um, there's something to be said about about being young and not necessarily knowing how to do everything. Uh, For example, I started teaching Bible studies years ago and uh, and teaching Bible studies. And this is this is a greater principle doing something you don't know and working with people that are older than you and do know it forces you. So for example, I started teaching Bible studies and people would ask me questions that I didn't know the answers to. And so I made up in my mind, dude, I have got to know my stuff. And so it literally for, it forced me to get uncomfortable and study the scripture and, and, and get in a, get in a position to where I can answer these questions and I don't look like a total buffoon doing it. And so it forced me to study the scripture, show yourself approved, a workman, you know, readily able, able to, to rightly div- divide the word of truth. You got to, it, it forces you to do that, which you don't know. Same thing on the job. I, I didn't know everything. So you, you just, you go in there and you tinker, you go in there and, and you find out how this thing works and it will force you to, to, to by trial and error, simply by trial and error, it forces you to learn it. And so there, there is a big advantage with, with being young. There's a huge advantage with being young and, and maybe working with people at church, on the job, working with people that are a little older. You, it, it gives you the advantage of not knowing and learning from a clean slate and just trying. And by trial and error, you will, you will know how to do it when you, when you finally succeed. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I, I, I agree with all of that. I mean, bro. I'm going to be definitely listening to this again and I'll have my notepad out and we'll get some notes from that, find some nuggets that I didn't get the first time, but thank you for coming on tonight, bro. I really appreciate it. And hey, thank uh, you guys for having me. I know the, uh, all of our listeners on the, on, on the podcast will appreciate it. So we have a new thing that we're going to be starting, um, tonight and, um, it's going to be just rapid fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind and if it's not, um, if it's not how you planned it, then it's going to be good content. So here we, <laughs> here we go. I'm going to warm you up. I'm going to warm you up. All right. Let's do it. So, Let's do it. 
First, first thing that comes to your mind, your favorite city you've traveled to and why? Ooh, wow, that's a good one. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Mexico City. Mexico, Mexico City. City. There, there is absolutely so much history there. I mean, you, you go into the, the, the Museum of Sociology, you walk up to the, the headdress that Moctezuma wore when he met at Nan Cortes right before they were colonized by the Spanish. I mean, just so much history in Mexico yeah. City. It's crazy. That's cool. I haven't been there, but I might have to do that. I'll need you to take me there. <laughs> okay, next question. One place you want to travel, but you haven't got to yet. Ooh, Israel. I was going to go two years okay. ago. COVID happened. I, I, I need to go to Israel before before I die. It's certainly on the bucket list. I think we know, don't have to explain too much, but there's so much history in Israel. There's so much. I mean, you can literally go and go and see where Jesus walked. I mean, it doesn't get more powerful than that. True. There's no follow-up there needed. Okay, favorite restaurant in your city? Ooh, man. Okay. Uh, if you guys ever come to San Diego, tell me, and I'll take you guys. Little Italy, there's a, a steakhouse called Born and Raised. Born and Raised Steakhouse. I've been to Donovan's. I've been to Brazilian steakhouses. I've been to, dude, it is Better so than Mandarin, good, bro. Oh, man, man, Mandarin's good. Mandarin's good, but born and raised. I'm, I'm a state kind of guy, man. All right, well. Born and raised. Dude, I'm going to hold, I'm you, gonna guys, hold you to that, bro. I'm going to hey, hold you to I, that. Hey, Gabe, Gabe, come down, bro. I got you, man. Born and raised. Born and raised. All right, I'm going to, I'll keep that one. All yes, right, sir. next question. Uh, your favorite book or content that you that you've used before on leadership? Ooh, David and Goliath, Malcolm Gladwell. Okay, okay. I thought you were gonna say David and Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my well, number you, two go to seeds. You would have taken my job as co-host if you would have said that one. It would have been a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like, uh, you can stop the video now. We're out. <laughs> He's got Dude, the job. That's funny. That's funny. Right. I, look, I know, I know I said David and Goliath, man. Go read first and second Samuel. You want to learn some leadership, watch the life of David. Man, I mean, just powerful leadership skills in a man that was unlearned. He was, I mean, just just I mean, so powerful. First and second Samuel powerful as well. Definitely. All right. Who had the biggest influence on your specific leadership style? Ooh, man, that's a that's a that's a really good question. That's a really good question. Uh man, I, I'd have to put it between uh, my two pastors, man. I've only had two pastors growing up. Uh, Brother Steve Buxton, uh, amazing man of God, amazing preacher. Uh, just straight line guy and I appreciate that you gotta have that when you're young you gotta have a lot of straight line that's that's the way it is and then my current pastor today brother James Larson my pastor right now pastor James Larson love him uh, uh, a man with so full of love I mean loves people till there's no more to love and I, I, I love him so there's a there's a great balance to be found between you know being you know on the straight and narrow and still trying to love people past their mistakes past their issues I mean, I, honestly, I, I love those two men. I appreciate them two men. All right, so last one. So you have a Saturday to yourself. Pastor said, there's no outreach. There's no work at the church to be done. I know it sounds like none of us, none of the three of us can't imagine, you know, a Saturday with nothing to do. But what are you going to do on that Saturday? You have absolutely no plans, no no obligations. What's your hobby? What are you going to do? What's that Oh, day? man. 
Oh man. Okay, wake up. We gotta wake up early. Wake up at seven o'clock or so. You gotta get to the gym by eight o'clock for basketball. You gotta oh, get to the gym for hoop on for hoops on, on on a Saturday morning. So eight to ten, you're hooping. Um, after that, you go home, you take a shower, maybe you take a little half hour nap. Uh, Twelve o'clock. Uh, you know, man, I was gonna say go to the church, but you said don't go to oh, the church. So oh, I won't. I won't. I won't. I will not do anything at the church that day. Uh, maybe hang out with family a little while. Uh, there is, I'm, I, I've, I've turned into the, these last two couple of years. I love guns now, man. Uh, it's, it's oh, maybe yeah. it's just me, me getting old. Uh, <laughs> maybe going, maybe, maybe going to Brian. Uh, you're fired. No, I'm just kidding. I, that's all I knew. <laughs> bro, you're speaking my, you're, you're speaking my love language, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, bro. Uh, you know, get my, get Work my shotgun. Up. And uh, go shoot skeet out in uh, in Dilsura. man. I mean that is so much fun, bro. Shoot, shoot, shooting skeet, bro. Shooting anything, shooting guns is so much fun. There's something exhilarating about it, something humbling about it as well. I mean, so shooting guns, I love shooting guns. Uh, you know, getting good food, ramen, uh, barbecue. I mean, so much to do, and then maybe end it with like a, a run at night. I love running, listening to some preaching while I'm running. And uh, man, that that sounds like a good night. Maybe study at the end of the night. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm a happy man. I could die a happy man after that day. There you go. Well, man, thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm going to let Gabe wrap it up, but I want to thank you. Uh, one of my closest friends right here. And um, you're definitely uh, a resource that I can always reach out to. So thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your time coming on here. Love you, bro. Appreciate thank you, you man. Love you, man. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on. I think you spoke really great words of wisdom and, uh, I definitely look forward to uh, getting to know you when Ryan drives me down there and we get some, uh, what was it, down-to-earth steak or something? What was it called? Uh, Born-and-raised steak. Oh, born-and-raised. Born-again Born-again, yeah, born-again steak. <laughs> <laughs> you will. Sounds like a deal, bro. Sounds like a deal. Yeah, man, but no, it was, it was great. And uh, for all of our listeners or viewers, just want to thank you guys for your time. If you enjoyed today's content, please reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, find us on Instagram, uh, like us on, on YouTube. We're on every podcast platform. Today has been such an awesome episode. So thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Julio. Thank you, uh, viewers, listeners. Thank you, guys. And this has been the Leader Huddle Podcast.